Good evening. Sorry about that. I turned the monitor off and the projector went out. So begin to see with number 180. God is love, number 180. <clears throat> Come, let us all unite to sing God is love. Let their praises bring God is love. Let every soul from sin awake. Each in his heart sweet music make And sing with us for Jesus' sake For God is love God is love God is love Come let us all unite to sing that God Good evening, church family. A couple of announcements before we have our devotional. Uh, just as a reminder that the ladies' uh, Bible class that meets on Thursdays uh, has been canceled for the month of January. Uh, that ladies' class will start back on the month of February. Um, also, don't forget to pick up your copy of the survey out on the foyer table. Take an opportunity to please fill that out. Maybe take it with you during class or after class and fill it out and put it in the white mailbox out in the foyer would be greatly appreciated. We want to try to get as many responses as possible uh, for, for that survey. Um, also, men's, be men's business, not beach meeting, which would be great. <laughs> yeah. Men's business meeting um, has been rescheduled for February the 19th, uh, so men, please put that on your schedules. Uh, next Sunday is our third Sunday singing at 4 o'clock. Um, also, Young at Heart is next Tuesday. Um, we will meet here at the building at 1030, and our destination is the Chinese Restaurant in Galapolis. I don't know the name of it, but I can call it Chinese Restaurant in Galapolis, and you know what I'm talking about. So it is good. It's very good. So hopefully uh, y'all can make that. It's always fun. Uh, remember to continue to keep uh, Marvin Jordan in your prayers. He had back surgery on Monday. Um, he still remains at St. Mary's, so remember to continue to keep Judy and Marvin in your prayers at this time. Junior Sullivan still remains at Cabell, 
at room 4756, and cards would be appreciated for, for, um, for Junior. I remember to continue to keep Larry Faulkner in your prayers, as he still remains at St. Mary's as well. Um, also, um, Mary continued to keep James and, and Kristen and the rest of the family in your, in your prayers at this time as well, especially Kristen, as she's going through a tough time. Um, that's all the announcements I have. Don't forget to uh, grab a bulletin on your way out. There's so many other things going on here at Rome. Uh, Chris will have our devotional, and Thomas Trevathan will have closing prayer. As Thomas, go to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, for blessing us with another day of life. Life to reflect on you, to be able to do your will, Lord. Lord, I pray that we shared your word with others within our community, within our work, Lord, that they see you in us, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with our elders and, and our deacons and the decisions they make for us for his congregation, his church family here at Rome, Lord. Just be with them and, and be with their families, Lord, and keep them healthy. Lord, we ask you at this time to con still continue to be with the elite family, Lord, with the passing of Rusty, Lord. Just be with them, comfort them, Lord. Let them know that we are here for them, Lord, that, that we are a family with them, Lord, and they can lean on us when, time, when they feel the need. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with, with Marvin and, and, and Junior and, and Larry. Just be with them, and as they're at the hospital, Lord, be with the doctors and the nurses who are taking care of them, Lord. And Lord, we ask you this time to be with Kristen and the Ward family, Lord, as, as just be with them, comfort them, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to be with our, our teachers as we go to class this evening, Lord. Let us learn more about your word so we can apply it to our everyday lives so we can be more like you and walk like you in our everyday lives, Lord. Lord, forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Number 982. 982. We shall assemble on the mountain. We shall assemble at the throne with humble hearts into his presence. We bring an offering of song, glory and honor and dominion.
Before lesson tonight, number 833. 833 before the lesson and 771 after. 771. 833. <clears throat> you want to stand up? You don't have to stand up, but if you'd like to, please do. And there's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out, ring it out. It will give them courage new, it will help them to be true. Ring it out, ring it out. Merrily ring, speed it away. Message to your vine, send it today. and out, merrily ring, wonderful news, making men free, happy and free, ring, 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 ring the message out. Sin and doubt will sweep away till Shaddon the better day, ring out. Bring it out till the sinful world be one for Jehovah's mighty son. Bring it out, bring it out. Merrily ring, speed it away. Message divine, send it today. Let it cheer. Darkest and doubt, merrily ring, wonderful news, making men free, happy and free. Ring, 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 ring a message out. Be seated, please. 771. It is good to see you. <laughs> it's nothing like a couple of weeks sitting at the house, not seeing anybody, uh, to make you appreciate all your friends. <laughs> uh, be turning to, to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah. I'm going to start in chapter 1. I don't know about you, but New Year's make me think about new beginnings. I think most of us are probably like that. You start uh, looking forward to the new year, and you start thinking, well, it's a fresh start, a clean slate, and there's, there's new stuff out there, and, and I want to turn over a new leaf, and I want to change some things, I want to do some things, and my mind goes uh, back to scripture, of course, and I uh, started thinking a couple days ago about Nehemiah, and how he started off with not so much a clean slate. Uh, if you know anything about this section of Israelite history, they have been in Babylonian captivity, uh, for a very long time. So long, in fact, that they're no longer even in Babylonian captivity anymore because the Babylon, uh, Babylonian Empire has now fallen to the Persians. And so they are in Persian captivity at this point. Nehemiah is a uh, servant to a guy named Artaxerxes. He's king of Persia at this point. You probably know his dad, Xerxes. Uh, he is uh, kind of famous in history, but this guy 
is none the less ruthless than his dad, Xerxes. Artaxerxes is a rough man. Uh, he can be a tyrant. Um, but our, our uh, man, Nehemiah, works for him as cupbearer. So if you were to uh, be sitting in a dinner with King Artaxerxes, Nehemiah would be standing to his left, probably, uh, and before Artaxerxes tasted any food or drink, uh, Nehemiah would taste that food and drink to make sure that it wasn't poisoned. Nehemiah gets word that the walls around Jerusalem uh, are standing in ruin. This is probably a surprise to him because about 93 years ago at this point, by the time we meet Nehemiah, about 93 years ago, Zerubbabel has gone back to and has led a group of Israelites back to Jerusalem with the intention of rebuilding the city. They started off rebuilding the temple. It took them a long time. After they rebuilt the temple, the efforts just kind of stalled out. 93 years later, Nehemiah comes on the scene, and he has word that the walls are in disrepair, and it breaks him. He is incredibly sad and grieved. Uh, when he gets word, uh, he immediately starts praying. If you look in chapter 1, verse 5 of Nehemiah, you find his prayer. It's just kind of a really uh, beautiful prayer. It's not probably what you would think. Maybe that's a different topic for another day for us. Um, but he doesn't pray what you would probably pray for uh, if you were concerned about the walls being broken down. Here's what he prays, though. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 5. And I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayers of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which, have sinned, which we have sinned against you. Even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you commanded your servant Moses. He kind of goes on for the next several verses, and he confesses sin. That's all he does. He confesses sin. What, I, what is interesting to me tonight is, is how he starts this prayer, this description of God that he gives us in these opening words. If you look back at Nehemiah 1.5, one of the first words you see there is Lord. If your translation's like mine, it's not... The normal Lord, though, is it? It's, it's in all caps. He's going to refer, refer to God as Lord, capital L, but lowercase, the rest of the letters, later on in his prayer. And that, that's a different word in Hebrew. Again, words are incredibly important on a normal basis. But when the God of the universe uses words in a way that we can understand them, we ought to take some time and, and listen to them. We ought to pay special close attention to the way he uses words. And so here he's going to use Lord, but it's in all, all caps. And do you know why? Well, it's in all caps because it is his covenantal name. There's a word for it. It's called the tetragram. Tetra, I can't say it. COVID. <laughs> okay, so it's, it's the consonants for Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. Uh, it's the Tetragomenon, close enough. Uh, and so the Jews thought that that word was not to be uttered. It was held in such respect that they would use a different word. They, they, they put vowels into the, the 
the covenantal name, and it changed the word. And you find that in in uh, in verse eleven when he says, "O Lord," and it's lower lowercase. Lord, there's master, sovereign. You're you're in charge. You direct my steps. You are the one that I serve. Uh, but here, this this idea of, of Yahweh, and we're reminded of the covenant that He cares for us, that He's constantly watching over us, that we are held in the palm of His hand, even when disaster strikes. We're held in the palm of His hand. This is the God of the universe. If you could read Hebrew, this is the word, how he's referred to in Genesis chapter 1 when he says, And the Lord said, Let there be light. Every time you see Lord in Genesis chapter 1, it's translated as this, Lord in all caps. He is the creator, God, powerful and amazing and awesome, transcendent, beautiful, majestic, terrifying. These are some of the adjectives you might use to describe him. In fact, Nehemiah does so here with these two great and awesome God. We use awesome a lot, don't we? I, I feel like I use awesome uh, more than the average person, perhaps. And so it begins to lose its significance, doesn't it? But awesome is literally something that is worthy of all. Have you ever stood in front of something and you're... It just blew your mind. Your jaw dropped and you just just stared at it for an uncomfortable amount of time until you came to yourself and thought, this is incredible. Maybe it was a a majestic view. Or maybe it was something of the ocean can do that for you. The Grand Canyon can do that for you. Nehemiah says that's what our God's like. He is great and he's awesome. He reigns in heaven. So he gives us a very quick picture of who God is. Turn to Nehemiah chapter 3. This chapter is just very, very interesting because Nehemiah is going to repeat some words that you need to be aware of. Remember, words are important. Uh, so if you write in your scriptures tonight when you get home tomorrow, when you got some downtime, go through and highlight or underline the word next in chapter 3. Have you ever read through this passage? I bet, I bet you have. Most of us have read through Nehemiah. But I wonder if you've ever studied through this passage. There's an awful lot of names that are hard to pronounce. Um, there's an awful lot of history here that you may not be familiar with. But just underline or highlight the word next. You'll find it 15 times in these verses. It's an incredible amount of times. And it's, it's always this person is next to this other person. And they're doing the work. You see, Nehemiah had caught God's vision. This was something God cared about. God cared about Jerusalem. That, that is no longer the case. Jerusalem is no longer significant. Israel is no longer special in God's eyes. No more special than Proctorville or Huntington or anywhere else. But back then, they were special to him. And so, he cared about what lived there, what was built there, specifically the temple where his presence is said to have lived and the, the, uh, the walls that protected this city. He cared about that. And Nehemiah has a heart like David's, a heart that's after God's own heart. He cares about what God cares about. 
We need to be more like that, don't we? We need to grab a hold of God's vision, grab a hold of his heart, and be concerned about the things that he's concerned about. Be broken by the things that disturb him. Be grieved by the things that break his heart. This breaks his heart. This, these, these walls being broken down, it affects God. He doesn't like it. And so it, it affects Nehemiah as well. And he's grieved by it. And so he starts putting plans into place to make a resolution. Like a New Year's resolution, right? He starts making plans to put in a resolution. And he goes before King Artaxerxes, a guy that's not known for his grace or his mercy. And he asks him the most ridiculous question possible. King Artaxerxes, can I go put a fortified city in the middle of your land? What king would say yes to that? Only a fool, right? Artaxerxes' predecessors were the ones who knocked down the wall. They didn't like the fortifications because it meant that Israel, Jerusalem specifically, was a bulwark against their forces. It meant that they were secure, that there was some security there in that city. And they didn't like that. So they broke down these walls. So Nehemiah goes before a king who's not known for his grace or his mercy or saying yes or being kind. And he asks him a question that any normal person would have not only laughed at, but would have persecuted the person for. But Artaxerxes says yes, and he even funds and makes it easy for Nehemiah to get the job done. You think God's hand's not in that? You better look again. It is. God is in the midst of this, accomplishing his vision, doing what he would have Nehemiah to do. So as you look through chapter 3, you see the word next 15 times. On toward the end of the chapter, you'll see the word after him 16 times. Now, something's going on here, right? In 22 verses, you see next and after him almost 30, 31 times, right? So what's going on? Nehemiah's vision, God's vision. Nehemiah has incorporated people around him to make that vision happen. He can't do it by himself. You see the cooperation that's here? Go back through and read Nehemiah chapter 3 tonight or, and tomorrow. You'll see the cooperation that Nehemiah is, is mandating. God is mandating for this big vision, this crazy, insane vision that God has to restore the walls around Jerusalem. It just doesn't make any sense. It's not possible. Nehemiah wants to do it. And so he's got one guy who's on board. And what does that one guy do? He makes an incredible difference, doesn't he? But he can't do it alone. He needs help. God's got a vision for what goes on in Proctorville. Absolutely, Right? He's got a vision for what happens in Ohio. He's got a vision for what happens in the tri-state area. One person, you, can make an incredible difference, but you can't do it alone. We need everybody working all in the same direction. You'll notice as you read through Nehemiah 3 tonight and tomorrow, you'll notice he uses the word built 18 times. 18 times throughout this, this book. It's a short book, 13 chapters. He uses the word built 18 times. And we think, well, of course he uses the word built. He's building a wall. He builds the wall in Nehemiah 4, and he's done by verse 6. It takes him 52 days 
Why does he use the word build so many times in this book? He's not just building a wall, is he? He's building something bigger than a wall. He's building a people who are worthy to be inside God's holy city. He uses the word repair in the book of Nehemiah an astounding 40 times. 40 times he uses this word. So Nehemiah and God are not just building and repairing a wall, although that's that's physically what's happening. God's using Nehemiah's vision for this the city to have walls again, for it to have, for it to have security again. He's using Nehemiah's vision for that to accomplish his vision, to make a people that are worthy to live in the holy city. Are we worthy to live in his holy city right now? Are we worthy to be here in his family? Have we built and repaired? Are we working together to accomplish his vision all in one spirit? All in, all in one direction, building and working toward what he would have us to do. Nehemiah is challenging, especially chapter 3 here, when we think about cooperation and what God would have us to do. What's Nehemiah chapter 3 mean to us? Have you got God's heart first? Are you looking at the world through his eyes? Are you broken by what breaks him? Are you grieved by what hurts him? You have God's heart. If you don't, this book teaches you how to go about getting it. It first starts with a relationship with Jesus. Understanding that you are broken, that we are a broken people. There's nothing we can do to be saved on our own outside of obedience to Him. He's told us what to do to be saved. And if we follow that plan, we will get the blessing of salvation. If we do not follow that plan, we will not. So do you have God's heart? Are you looking for opportunities to serve? Are you looking for opportunities to serve together? Because you can't do it alone. We need one person who can light a fire under everyone else. Nehemiah is not a leader. This guy didn't go to school. He wasn't taught... Uh, leadership strategies. He hadn't been reading John Maxwell or Patrick Lencioni. He didn't know leadership stuff. He's a cupbearer. He's a servant. So you think, oh, Nehemiah had, it, had his act together. He was the guy. He, he was in charge of all this. And Nehemiah was a nobody. He was just as anonymous as, say, I am. <laughs> just as anonymous as, say, you are. Didn't have any background in this stuff, but he had a God-sized vision. And he worked with God and with people to make it happen. Are you there? If you're not there, you can be. But like we said earlier, the first step is a relationship with Christ. You have to be baptized into his blood, having your sins washed away. Then you become a part of his family. And you can catch this vision. This vision that he has, not just for Jerusalem anymore, but for the world. For us to work together so that we can accomplish what he would have us to do here in this place. Let's start 22. On brand new legs. With a brand new vision that is laser focused on him. Let's work together to accomplish his goal. If you have any need tonight, why won't you come as we stand and sing.
sin oppressed, laid down at the feet of your Savior and Lord, Jesus will give you rest. Oh, happy rest, sweet happy rest, Jesus will give you rest. Oh, why won't you come in simple trusting faith? Jesus will give you rest. Will you come? Will you come? How he pleads with you now. Fly to his loving breast. And whatever your sin or your sorrow may be, Jesus will give you rest. Oh, happy rest, sweet happy rest. Jesus will give you rest. Oh, why won't you come? <coughs> Jesus will give you pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and everything you've given us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to come here and learn more about you. Thank you for Chris for presenting the lesson today, Lord, and please help us learn more about you and our classes today. Please be with everyone on the prayer list right now, Lord, and, and please help us get home safely tonight, and in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen.